When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is March 19th, and this is another edition of the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. I was born on the Well, welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Amazingly, not hungover and under the weather. Today after St. Patty's Day, as I record. But, uh, getting old, learning the latest veteran move. I uh, took it easy on uh, on Sunday. Uh, didn't even make it to the parade like I used to. I was out in the world of mass. We went to the road race. We had a good time there. We saw the friends I knew. We had a good time on Saturday. I'm uh, happy I didn't overdo it yesterday. Only took me about 44 years to to learn that, but uh, I did. So here I am, and joining me now is a fellow Irishman who uh, I'm sure he threw back at least one Guinness. I'm guessing on uh, St. Patrick's Day, and that is Joe McDonald, the Athletic. And of course, we're happy to have the Athletic as a sponsor of our podcast and all CNLS podcast. Uh, Joey Mack, happy belated St. Patty's Day to you. I might have had a pint or two of Guinness over the weekend, Murph, and and like yourself. You know, it is a situation where as you get older, you kind of learn that it's almost like amateur day, you yeah. know, out there. So, uh, you know, I behaved over the weekend, and uh, we ended up spending our St. Patrick's Day at my son's uh, with my son's hockey team, and they won the EMHL championship uh, up in Marlboro, Mass. on on Sunday. So, we hung out with the boys afterwards and the families, and you know, had some libations and and uh, just celebrated a, a nice long season. You know, and coming to an end with a championship. So that's how I spent my St. Patrick's Day weekend. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, the, the kids, uh, were they wearing the green after or what? <laughs> no, no. Our, our colors, it's the Providence Hockey Club. So the colors are, are black and white, and they were sporting the, the team colors afterwards. And, um, but we did, you know, we, we had a few pops and, and celebrated, and a lot of the parents were wearing green. And, you know, my daughter was dressed as almost like a little leprechaun with all her Irish stuff on. and. So it was, uh, it was a fun day for everybody. I hear you, my friend. I hear you. Well, like, look, speaking of Providence and kids, and they're not exactly kids compared to the kids we were just talking about, but, you know, let's talk about the Providence Bruins quick and some of the prospects there. And it's kind of been a, a, a debate amongst some of us hockey media on Twitter the last couple of weeks and, um, you know, and amongst fans as well. And that's, you know, why are the Bruins not bringing up some of their players that are succeeding at the AHL level uh, and choosing to play the likes of Joaquin Nordstrom and David Backus and what have you over them instead of giving them a chance at the NHL level. And, you know, look, do I want to see these kids get a chance? Yeah, but, I mean, I think that would have been earlier in the season, and I think they did give some guys a chance. I, I think that, you know, 
fans and some media alike are a little overcritical about that, and they they kind of ignore the facts. But I mean, you know, I was looking at it, they gave you know the likes of Trent Frederick and Carson Kuhlman and other guys there. You know, they, they've had their chance. Ryan Donato being one of them too. Um, they've had a lot of chances, and you can't blame the coaches and management necessarily if they don't meet the qualifications that the Bruins need at the NHL level. So I guess just your take on that, and also are you with me too that it's maybe not the best of time unless it's absolutely necessary to throw a kid into a, a playoff race down the stretch? Uh, I've always been a big believer, Murph, in, in the fact that the AHL, we all know it's a developmental league, and personally I believe, and I think we will probably see this sooner than later, but the rules need to be changed so you can have an 18-, 19-year-old North American player allowed to play in the American League. Because at this point, they're not. Only Europeans, uh, teenage Europeans, are able to play in the in the AHL. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, you know, the junior leagues want to keep all the best talent, you know, for their teams, their organizations, you know, right up until the time that these guys can turn pro. Um, but I'm a huge believer in the fact that all young players, all young pros should have to spend some time in the American League to learn how to become a pro hockey player both on and off the ice. I've always said that if Dougie Hamilton, when he was with the Bruins, was able to play in Providence, it would have helped him as a pro. Tyler Sagan, it certainly would have helped him as a pro, mostly off the ice, not necessarily on the ice, but probably more so off the ice. And, you know, you, you have to ride those buses and you have to, you know, have those 3 o'clock, you know, Philly cheesesteaks, 3 a.m. Philly cheesesteaks coming back from a road trip and, uh, you need to to learn that type of, of lifestyle. And as far as the on-ice production, the one thing that we've learned is that Don Sweeney and company, if you're a player in Providence and you deserve a chance to be called up, they do it. And a perfect example, earlier this season, a guy like Colby Cave, uh, Jay Leach, the coach in Providence, obviously, he loves this guy, you know, and because he his work ethic is off the charts. And when the Bruins meet with Bergeron out earlier in the year, when they needed somebody, they needed a center, then, you know, Colby Cave was that guy. You know, and they called him up and they gave him an opportunity because he deserved it. Now, is he a, considered a so-called prospect? No. Um, but to get back to your point is the one thing that the Bruins have done is with the absolute, you know, top – prospects that they have they want to keep them in Providence for the entire season like they don't want to have them come up and down you know right. maybe a guy like Trent Frederick you bring him up so he gets a little taste of it right like he was playing well he was playing that typical Bruins style so they bring him up to give him an opportunity and he was running on adrenaline like most of these kids do and he played well but then his game started to dip so he goes back to Providence so you're better off keeping these kids in Providence as long as you can uh, for a full season in order for them to get acclimated to that pro game. Now, as far as the time of the year goes, Murph, is you're right. Like, the one thing that the Bruins have, and it goes a long way for teams that win the Stanley Cup, is that they have solid chemistry in that room. To a man, they all get along. They get along well. Uh, it just it meshes very well in that room. So you don't want to mess with that. And by taking a guy out of the lineup who's been there every day, like say a guy like Nordstrom, all right, that is he putting up the points? No, but defensively he's playing well. He's important on the penalty kill, um, and he has that NHL experience. So 
you're right. At this time of the year, you're not going to start calling up guys from Providence just because they're playing well and they and they might deserve it. You know, you're getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you have to go with the roster that's going to get you there. Yeah. And that's what the Bruins are doing right now. Uh, and even despite all the injuries that they've had, you know, once everyone's healthy, and Bruce Cassidy said it the other day, they want that lineup firm going into the Stanley Cup playoffs so they know what they have. Everyone's playing, you know, where they're supposed to, and they hit the ground running come game one of the first round. So that's why you're not going to see, you know, certain players, whether it's, you know, Sinitian or, or you know, any of like Vakanine and any of the other top prospects in Providence who, you know, could deserve a, a call-up, but not at this point of the year. And going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you want that lineup firm, like Cassidy said last week, and that's what the Bruins are trying to accomplish right now. You know, and I looked at I was I found a little notes I took last week, and I got, you know, just looking at four guys here who I think are considered prospects for them. Kuhlman's been called up three times, five games played. He's got one goal, one assist. Frederick's mm-hmm. been called up two times, 12, goal, uh, 12 games played, zero points. Tlarek uh, mm-hmm. has been called up five times, 20 games, four goals, two assists. He's one that's interesting, too, because I think that's where a lot of this debate started because of the way Cassidy's handled him and not been afraid to bench him, not been afraid to criticize him. Uh, it's almost like a lot of people seem to want him to have kid gloves with him, which I'm totally against. Um, and then JFK's been up two times, 28 games, three goals, six assists. So they're giving these guys good looks here, uh, Joe. And I just think it's unfair criticism of Cassidy. And I thought they did this to Claude Julien as well when they say that he's not good dealing with the young players and he'd rather an older guy like Bacchus in here. I, I just think that's not only – Wrong, in my opinion, it's factually wrong, too. Well, and you've seen situations already where David Backus has been the odd man out. You know, not you know probably more often than some Bruins fans would like to see it, but the fact is, is that he, he has been the odd man out a couple times this year, which led to Cassidy and Backus having that, uh, you know, man-to-man meeting, I guess, on the last road trip when they were in Vegas away from the rink just to figure out like Backus wanted to know where he stood with the team, and and it was an honest conversation. And then after that, Backus has, has played better, you know, has played well, probably the best hockey he's played all season from the time of that meeting until now. He's dropped the gloves a few times, which probably isn't a, a good thing for a guy who has a concussion history. Um, but he's important. And when it comes to David Backus, you know, not to – get away from your question uh, for a second here, Murph, but when it comes to David Backus, you know, people look at the contract and his age and how he's coming toward the end of his career. But as you know, because, you know, you've covered the team, you know, just as long, you know, as I have, but you need those types of players in the room. And you saw it back in 2011 when they won the Stanley Cup. It was guys like Sean Thorne, you know, Mark Recchi, like those types of guys that – could get up and, and be verbal in, in the room because Zidane Chara, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, I mean, those guys are uh, leaders by example. Yeah. And you need that veteran voice in the room. And David Backus is that guy. I and mean, that's why he was a captain in St. Louis for so long. Um, but to get back to your question, if you all those guys that you mentioned, you know, if you were to probably ask Don Sweeney and, and Bruce Cassidy, who has the most potential out of that group to make an impact at the NHL level consistently, they would probably say JFK. 
Um, and that's why they put him in that position earlier in the year to try to be successful. Okay, this is what we're, this is what we need you to do. And they gave him a look. And when it wasn't going well, they were like, okay, we're going to send you down to Providence. One, go gain some confidence. Two, you know, learn how to be a better pro. And these are the things that we want you, you know, we want you stronger away from the puck. You know, we, we want your defensive game to improve, that sort of thing. Um, so let him stay in Providence. You know, and it didn't help that he, he got hurt, but, you know, let him stay in Providence and, and hone those skills. And yeah. it's something that the Bruins, you know, have done under Don Sweeney. But to say that, you know, Bruce Cassidy, uh, you know, doesn't like dealing with younger players is just a bunch of BS because he's been a coach in the American League, and that was his job for a long time as an assistant and mm-hmm. as a head coach with the Providence Bruins to develop these young players. And he did such a great job with it. That's why he's the head coach of the Boston Bruins right now. So he's yeah. not afraid to give young players opportunities. Look, you know, Solarik is a perfect example. Okay, look, you had a little bit of chemistry when you played with Kretsch in the past, so we're going to give you this opportunity. And he didn't perform the way he should have. So he got dropped down in the lineup, and then eventually he was, he was a healthy scratch. Uh, and, again, you know, he was dealing with some injuries too, but – Cassie isn't afraid to give these young guys, if they're in Boston, an opportunity to be successful, and he puts it on them. And as far as benching guys, like during the game or shortening the bench, you know, as coaches like to say, uh, he does it with young players, and he also does it with veteran players. He's done he's done it with Tory Krug in the past. He did it with Tory Krug recently, you know. So I mean, it's it's just the way he coaches. So it's not necessarily has anything to do with you know whether you're a veteran player or a young player. It has to do with Who's going to be the best player out there to give this team the most success to win? Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't know if whether, Joe, it's because we see so many young guys come into the league. It's becoming a younger and faster league every year. And maybe the fans just expect that these prospects will just arrive and be stars right away. Or that's what they want. And when they see it not happening, they need somewhere to shift their blame. I don't know if that's what's going on here. Um, I, I think it does play a role myself that, I, that these there's just so much expectation compared to maybe even 10 years ago with these young kids and the way they're built up and hyped up uh, that when the development takes a little longer than maybe the fans would like, uh, you know, they start to say, oh, well, the management's screwing it up or they didn't draft the right guy or this or that. Like we said throughout this whole conversation, it takes time to develop, and I have nothing wrong with the Bruins uh, doing that. And, you know, you look at some of the guys they have right now that are superstars. I mean, two guys that I want to talk about here before we let you go. And, you know, that's like, like a David Pasternak or a Brad Marchand. Um, these guys didn't just arrive like a Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin and become superstars. They worked their asses off to get where they are. They were pushed hard, sometimes criticized, sometimes ridiculed by management and coaching. Other even teammates at times, but they sucked it in, they absorbed it, and they channeled it the right way. And, and I don't see why we're, you know, quote-unquote old school expecting other young players to do that now. And that's the thing. And, and that's why if you see a lot of these college free agents that turn pros, that turn pro, yep. they're actually having earlier success than these young prospects that are touted as, you know, future elite players is because they, you know, a lot of them, you know, they redshirt. And then by the time they graduate from college, you know, they're 24, you know, 24 years old. So they're a little more mature. Um, and they've played, 
you know, a similar schedule than, you know, the AHL. Obviously, they don't play as many games, but, you know, it's the weekends, you know, and, and, you know, the practices during the week and that sort of thing. So when these college free agents, you know, turn pro, then that's when these guys are having a little more quicker success adjusting to the NHL game than, you know, an 18, 19, 20-year-old prospect. Because, one, the teenagers aren't, aren't allowed to play in the American League. And two, to your point, it is. I mean, because of the salary cap error, the league is getting younger. And these guys are pushed into a position where they're probably really not ready for it. And you can go back and you can look at just a quick example. You can go back and you can look at, look, when Connor McDavid came into the league, right? Like he's supposed to be, or we all know is an elite player. and, And eventually I think he will surpass Sidney Crosby as the best player in the world. I mean, to me, Crosby still is the best player in the world. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but, but what happened with Connor McDavid, the game was so fast, even though he's the fastest skater in the league, is that he ended up getting hurt his, his rookie year as an 18-year-old. Uh, you look at, like, Jack Eichel. He got hurt, right? Like, a lot of these young kids that when they first were thrust into the NHL, you know, it was they weren't used to this level because they never – Played at this type of level, and I'm sure there are a million other examples of of 18, 19 year old kids making their NHL debuts, and then all of a sudden, you know, midway through the season, you know, they're, they're getting hurt and they're out for a while, that sort of thing. Where, you know, these older guys, they're they're more, uh, I guess, used to um, more mature and and just they're they know what to expect, kind of thing. So. Um, you know, not to get off on a tangent there, Murph, but, you know, I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, hey, we brought up Pasternak and uh, Marsha. And Poster come back to practice this past Monday before we recorded this, uh, and he'll be a game-time decision, I guess, uh, when the Bruins travel to Long Island on Tuesday. Um, they get past the back. He's going to be coming back, whether it's, whether it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, what have you. He's back in the lineup. You look at this Bruins team now, and once, you know, Johansson comes back and Krug and they get some of Grizzlick and all those guys, and everybody gets healthy, and you look at that lineup right now, Joe, do you st- are you of the belief that it's it's an absolute that they won't get by Tampa Bay in the second round? Or do you think this team could have a chance against the Lightning and then advance past the second round? I absolutely believe the way that once – Everyone is healthy, and Bruce Cassidy has the lineup, you know, 100% the way he wants it. The Boston Bruins are a team that can absolutely beat the Tampa Bay Lightning um, because you're talking about you're going to have a healthy David Pasternak playing with Trees Bergeron and Brad Martian on that top line, which everyone in the league knows it's probably, if not the best, one of the best trios in the game, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then – Joe, uh, Joe Hansen, when he's come, when he comes back, he can either play the right side, uh, even though he prefers the left. He can play the right side with the Brusk and Kretsch, and then you know that third line. You have Charlie Coyle in the middle, but as right now, as currently constituted, Coyle is going to be playing on the right side with Krejci and, and DeBrusk. And if uh, if Cassidy really likes that line, once everyone's healthy, then maybe we see Joe Hansen on the third line. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we all know that energy line, right? When this lineup is healthy, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have Wagner, you're going to have Achari, you're going to have Corrali. I mean, that that's just a, an outstanding energy line, and we've seen what they've been able to do for the majority of the season. So, and then it, you know, you look at the defensive core, right? It, it's it's pretty solid, especially on special teams. 
And then you have, you know, Tuka Rask, who is probably going to match the least amount of games he's played as a starter for the Boston Bruins. So you look at all of that combined, and, and if it's healthy, and if he can get past the Maple Leafs, then without a doubt, I think this is a team that can beat Tampa. And, I mean, granted, I picked Tampa at the start of the year to be my team out of the East, and I and I picked them to win the Stanley Cup, you know, over the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but now that we're, you know, a few weeks away from the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, probably a month, right, you got to look at the Boston Bruins, and you have to, you know, objectively give them a, a real chance to be the team that could upset the Tampa Bay Lightning just based on their, their experience, based on uh, that younger core, you know, now has that playoff experience from a year ago. Uh-huh. And, you know, if they can get a little bit of luck, you know, a little bit of puck luck, then, yeah, they can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, and as we've always seen before, too, just, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning obviously going to win the President's Trophy. That, that's a, that hasn't really been a great thing. Uh, and Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost like a curse. Like, it, I, there's probably way more President's Trophy winners that have, uh, haven't advanced to the Cup Final than there are that did. And uh, I want to just remind everybody, our, our, one of our other sponsors here, betonline.ag, if you go there right now, hey, I think, I don't know about you, Joe, I think it's worth a little, uh, even a $25 future bet here. The Bruins are at plus 1000 uh, to win the Stanley Cup, and Winnipeg is right ahead of them at plus 800, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning plus 300. Hey, you put 25 down there, it's a nice little payout if the, if everything comes together for the Bruins, right? No, absolutely, and hey, I, I might have, when we were in Vegas, I might have put some money down on uh, on that, just, for, you know, I might have, you know, see what happens. You know, right. but, it's getting legal everywhere now, Joe, so it's no big deal, right? You know, and, uh, but we Very true. Have, we want to remind everybody out there, too, March Madness as well is upon you right now. So do some hockey, future betting, bet on some hockey now. But also don't forget, you know, March Madness is starting up in basketball. It's upon us. Another huge month in sports across the NBA as well. And there's only one place to get in on all this action. That's betonline.ag. So support our podcast by going to www.clnsmedia.com win and use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50 betonline.ag, your sports line, uh, your online sports book experts. And, yeah, Joe, I mean, I'm with you. And I, I think, too, like, there's some teams, if you're looking at, that are battling to get in there, like the Habs, the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes. I thought Tampa Bay, you know, those teams kind of scare me a bit because they're, they're playing playoff hockey now, and they're, they're really revved up, and they're, they're at a different level than everyone else coming in, especially a team that's had everything wrapped up for a while. So, you just never know what can happen. No, you're right. And, you, you know, you mentioned the President's Trophy and how that's kind of a curse. I mean, look at, you know, the Boston Bruins. Let's put it in, in that perspective right now. So they win the Cup in 2011. They go back to the Cup in, in 13 to lose to the Blackhawks. Their best team out of this current core, this veteran core, that's won a Stanley Cup, has to be 2014. I mean, that team was – outstanding. It was unbelievable how good that team was. And look what they did during the regular season, and then look what happened in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's possible. It happens. And, and Tampa, Lord, I, I can't see Tampa being the type of team just to lay an egg in, in Stanley Cup playoffs because, you know, that core is finally experienced enough. Uh, you know, the, the younger guys that they brought up from, from the AHL, you know, God, five years ago, four or five seasons ago, like the Tyler Johnsons of the world. I mean, like they they are a good team without a doubt. And I'm 
in a series against the Boston Bruins, if that happens, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be seven games of just unbelievable hockey, uh, back and forth. Uh, you know, there's, it's, it would be completely different than it was last year in the second round. And it's just, it's going to be, for the, for hockey fans, I hope it happens because it's going to be pure entertainment. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think, you know, that's one thing too. Sometimes it's better to lose first and you gain that experience, right? And those kids on this team, they tasted that. Now they got that sort of in their memory from last year and they want to build off that. So we'll see what happens. Hey, Joe, we appreciate you joining us here. And, uh, you know, what do we got going on at The Athletic right now? I know you had a story on uh, foreign Bruins goalie Andrew Raycraft and his transition in the TV there. What else can we expect to see soon? Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, with a lot of playoff preparation coming up here, Murph. Uh, you know, we're getting ready. You know, the Bruins and the NHL, they're not the only ones getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So across the board at the, at the Athletic NHL, you know, we're going to have all the playoff teams covered. You know, from just an all-star lineup of, of writers here. So, uh, from Pluto and I in, in Boston, you know, we're getting ready for hopefully what's a, a long playoff run. You know, from a work standpoint for us, uh, and you know, we're just doing. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't do a lot of game-related uh, stories anymore. We, you know, we like to tell stories and that sort of thing. So, uh, you can expect a lot more of that. You know, moving forward with the Athletic Boston between uh, Pluto and us. Love it. I always tell you, I don't know if they can use this for a commercial, but I'll say it here on the podcast. The one thing, what I love about the athletic the most, it gives me, it, it, it takes me back to those days when I started to get into sports journals and reading those Sunday columns. You know, you wake up and you're just thinking whether it's the Globe or the Herald, and you know, man, maybe you had a rough night the night before, and you're, you're stuck in the bathroom, you've got plenty of reading. <laughs> I'll tell you what, athletic is that type of place because it, it does. It gives you in depth stories, and it's going to keep you glued, and it's going to help you pass the time uh, in an enjoyable fashion. So, uh, you guys are doing a great job there. Keep it up. I right, appreciate it, Murph. Thanks. All right, that's Joey Mack joining us from the Athletic here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. I'm Jimmy Murphy. We'll talk to you next week. And you dare to call me terrorist. I knew down your guard. And I think of all the deeds that you have done.